Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome. This is a live edition of Across the Cavs. And to some of you that may tune in and hear me a little bit later on the audio, a welcome to you as well and to those re-watching the video. Thank you for coming on. It has been a crazy, crazy day for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, well, it, all is not well. Darius Garland is going to be out several weeks with no timetable. Evan Mobley has to sit for the next six to eight weeks. Meanwhile, the Cavs have lost three games in a row, and J.B. Bickerstaff is hardly doing a serviceable job at the helm. So not only did we wake up today thinking, hmm, coaching change? Now it's, all right, Evan's out long-term. They're 0-3 without him this week, by the way. He's missed the last four games. Darius Garland did return last night. Now he's going to miss action. So while JB now coaches for his job security, he does it without two of the team's starters. Two, an all-star and an eventual all-star to be. And, well, damn, man, today sucks. Because what I've been doing a lot of and what I've really enjoyed is anyone that follows me on Twitter, asking questions, finding different things to discuss, see what we want to reminisce about. But now we have to come back to the present and talk about this situation because it's bad. It's not good. We're going to talk about the point guard situation, the starting situation, and a couple of players that perhaps the Cavs can trade for. All that and more on this edition of Across the Cavs live on Network 2. One, six. Welcome, folks. You haven't been with me live. Glad to be with you. Usually, you're only going to get these during post-game situations. There is no Cavs game today, so let's just jump right to it. Darius Garland is going to miss several weeks. The Cavs have already lost three games in a row. Let's look at the upcoming schedule it's a busy next seven days for the Cavs. They play Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Between now and December. So between tomorrow and the following Saturday, that's five games in eight days. Hosting Atlanta, hosting Houston, hosting Utah, hosting New Orleans, and then at Chicago. The Bulls are actually playing very good basketball without Zach Levine. And Kobe White looks like he belongs as a elite-tier fill-and-roll player right now. So that's not a cakewalk. The Pelicans are far from a cakewalk. Defensive menace with scores up the wazoo between if he's going, you got CJ, you got Ingram, you got Zion. You see what Jordan Hawkins can do. They can just mix and match the rotation. Jose Alvarado. The Rockets would have been a pushover over the last couple of years, but they're back. They're playing good basketball now. So damn that one too. You'd expect the Cavs to be able to beat the Jazz. We love the Jazz. I'm going to keep posting Colin Sexton and Laurie Markin and Jordan Clarkson. I'm going to keep doing that. I will. But also, I don't even know if the Cavs can handily beat the Jazz with, with what they're working with right now. Jazz did just beat the Knicks, by the way. So the Bulls, who are struggling, beat the Heat. The Jazz, who are struggling, just beat the Knicks. And obviously, they were up big. They blew it, but they, they held on. A win is a win in this league. There's an 82-game season. It's a grind. You see comebacks all the time. You hold on to beat a team. A win is a win, no matter how you slice it. And the other game I haven't yet mentioned, 
The Hawks tomorrow, they're 9-14. and 14. It's going to be the second end of a back-to-back. -back. I don't even know even then if they can beat the Hawks. I, I, I've been confident about this team for a while, and I actually had them as my original preseason 2C. That was before Drew and Dame were traded. Now I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this. I don't know where they're going to finish. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know. So we're going to talk about the positional battles and the problems that they are now facing uh, because it's it's not pretty. When you look at some of the lineups that the Cavs have been trotting out already now, Garland's out. A lot of people are saying you put Karis LeVert in the start. No, hell no, you do not start Karis LeVert. You move LeVert into the starting lineup, look how how'd that work out for you against the Knicks last year in the first round. You didn't get any better. The only game you won, what was it? Wasn't it with Ice starting in game two? You need a guy who could come off the bench and get points for you. Which is why Craig Porter Jr., hello, Craig Porter Jr., put him in the game, please. Why is he collecting DNP CDs? Showed out against Philly. Had some other impressive games already. Why the, is he not getting minutes? JB, hello, wake up, please. This isn't a dream. There are tens of thousands, and if you look at the follower counts, millions of Cavs fans around the world watching them, wanting them to win, because we schedule our days and our nights and our time, and I schedule this podcast because I love this team and I want to talk about this team. Act like you care. Stop leaving him out of the game. We don't need Imani Bates. We're not getting here to talk about Imani Bates. You have to start Craig Porter. I don't care that he's undrafted. He's already 23. He's already proven it in the summer league. He proved it in the preseason. He's proved it on the court. What else does he have to do? I actually like Dean Wade. I'm in the minority on that. I still think his defense and rebounding are vital. I just want to see him make more shots. I like Isaac Okoro. Some people have already turned on Isaac Okoro. But Craig Porter should be starting. He's a natural one. As long as Ty Jerome remains out of the lineup and Ricky Rubio remains away from the team, this team only has two natural point guards, Craig Porter and Darius Garland. Keep Don as the two. This isn't like last season where the Cavs lost opening night, then went on to an eight in a row after Garland went down and Mitchell stepped into the point guard. Because you also had, A, you had Evan Mobley at that time, okay? And B, you're not playing five games in eight days amidst an already struggling stretch. Okay, Boston was always going to be hard. But the way they lost those two games, not good. Really, I thought could have taken Orlando. They just disappeared when, when things got tough against Orlando. So three losses in four days. It's not fun. You have to start Craig Porter. Okay? If you look at his overall stats and you haven't actually watched, the team will say, why is this guy talking about Craig Porter? Here is why this guy is talking about Craig Porter. He's been effective when he's been in. And by the way, he's only gotten rotation minutes in one of the last nine games when he saw 23 against the Heat in a win. He had eight, three, and four with two steals and a block. Hits 55% of his shots, seven points, two boards, two and a half assists. He's a guard that can block people. How many guards at his size are shot blockers? He led Wichita State in points and rebounds and assists and blocks and steals. He's versatile, he's undrafted. The Cavs love undrafted guys. Look what we did with Lamar Stevens, with Matthew Dellavedova, with Dean Wade. Obviously, he's not playing as well right now, so I might get clowns for that by certain people. Whatever, have your opinions. I, I welcome, I welcome differences of thought. That is why we have these discourses. They're not, they're not. Me, I talk, you listen. It's I talk. All right, you have ideas. Let's hear them. We go back and forth. We banter. That's why we bring on guests. That's why we we, we pose these questions. Not because, and I'm not. 
I don't know any more than these Cavs writers do. I've been watching this team for 22 seasons now, almost religiously. Half of my wardrobe, not today, shout out John Jay Basketball. Half my wardrobe is Cavs, jerseys, sneakers, shorts, sweatshirts, hoodies, whatever. Ask anyone I've worked with, hung out with. We have plans. Sorry, I got to watch the game tonight. Oh, we're, we're out somewhere. Sorry. Can, can you put the Cavs on, please? That is how much I love this team. Okay. And I think if you've listened to me, it's my 180th episode over the last five years. I was a fan for 17 years before Across the Cavs. It's now five years of Across the Cavs. This team matters to me. It matters to a lot of you. That's why you're tuned in right now. You care about the Cavs. And to all of us that care about the Cavs, it should be Craig Porter starting at point guard. JV Bickerstaff, please. Okay. We'll talk about whether or not the Cavs should get rid of you at the end because the positional battles right now take precedence based on what's happening. And I don't know that he's he's gettable right now. But what would you think of Dante Exum coming to Cleveland? Over his last four games in Dallas while Kyrie's been on the shelf, 23 points, six boards, seven assists, 16 points, four boards, six assists, two steals and a block. 26, 4, and 3, including, oh, I don't know, a 20 spot in the fourth quarter, including seven triples in a game of 14, 4, and 4. Funnily enough, before finally breaking back into the NBA this season with the Dallas Mavericks, Dante Exum had been out of the league for three seasons. He'd been playing in Europe and, and elsewhere. So when he made the Mavericks roster, I was very excited. I was intrigued. I didn't know if he was going to get playing time. But they got so many injuries at the guard spot right now. He's been starting and playing 30 minutes. Because plus minus is up there. We know what he does defensively. He's already been here. Already had that game against Minnesota, which he seems to be replicating every night now. Uh, he's playing next to Luka Doncic. Perfect fit. I don't know if he's available, but Exum has played with Donovan Mitchell before. I think his defense uh, speaks for itself. We know a little thing or two about Australian players that have come through Cleveland. Delhi being the most notable. Thon Maker for about a half a second. Luke Travers hopefully next season. We know Luke Travers can help this team with what he brings. But if you're going to go go to the market, I'd love a Dante Exum type. I don't know what Dallas wants to do with him or at the guard spot while they're injured. I don't think they're going to miss him that much if they get Kyrie back, with all due respect, as good as he's played. I think he'd fit nicely. That brings that Australian tenacity, plays quality defense. There's things he does well on the court and for a team. So consider Dante Exum just for a minute. Okay, and at the power forward spot, not only are you replacing the starting power forward, you're replacing the backup center. By the way, Tristan Thompson, three minutes last night. WTH, bruh. Why is Tristan Thompson getting three minutes? Can we flash back to what Tristan Thompson was doing earlier in the week? When he had 10, 13, and two blocks against the Magic? His playing time in the other games, in the last 10 games, Tristan's gotten 0, 7, 0, 0, 3, 6, 16, 29, 12, and 3, and three minutes. 15 combined minutes in two games against Boston employs Al Horford and Kristaps Porzingis. And in game one, they had Luke Cornette. Why is he not playing more? Jared Allen, by the way, was in foul trouble. So bear in mind, he played 15 minutes in that first game. Thompson played 12. 20 minutes of small ball is not going to work. Kristaps is 7-3. Kristaps is not a world beater. He's not an, oh my God, you can't stop him for a whole game guy. He's a very good player. He can hit from the outside. They actually utilize him now. Take notes past teams he played on except for the Knicks they knew what they were doing clearly Dallas had no idea how to use him but he's dangerous especially on a team that has Jalen and Jason Derek White Drew Holiday 
and they want Dean Wade and George Niang to be guarding Kristaps, the only person on the Cavs that's small that would have been able to handle it would be Donovan. And he did for a short stretch, knocking it away, making it hard, and a Coro. It's a very hard decision with who to start the forward. My stupid, boneheaded idea is to start Tristan Thompson at power forward for a little bit and see what happens. What have you got to lose? You're already super small. What you can do, if you're so, JB, if you're so intent on playing Jared Allen as much as you did yesterday, 20 minutes in the second half against these bigger teams, like Atlanta with a Kongu and Capella, start Tristan next to Allen, play him for a few minutes. If it's terrible, scrap it. Tristan did make nine threes in his last uh, season with the Cavs before COVID, and they stopped playing, and he ended up going to Boston. Let him unleash. Let him try and play a little offense because he's a big body who can crash the glass and rebound, okay? Niang has had his struggles on the glass on the defensive end. Okoro's only 6'5". If he moves Truce to power forward, he's already shown he's having a hard time against bigger guys. He'll get rebounds, but that's not stops. They weren't getting any yesterday. Dean Wade may have to be the answer if it's not Tristan. Why not? Maybe Isaiah Mobley. Give him a chance to play. Get him up from the G League. I don't know about Imani Bates still. I still think he needs a little more time. Needs to put a little weight on, a little muscle on. Why not Tristan? He's your biggest body left. Please don't play Damian Jones. He's not playable. We've already learned that early, early on this season. Or go to the G League. Go to the two-way market. Find someone young and hungry. Go, go to the pile of guys who didn't make it in the league and maybe get them a chance to play. Dylan Wendler did just get released by the Knicks, but there is not a world where Dylan Wendler is coming back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I'm very much aware of the fact that Dylan Wendler is not coming back to the Cavs, okay? But I do hope he gets another chance in the league. I do. Injuries suck. They ruined everything for him. He could never stay healthy. He was the SpongeBob man. Every morning I break my arms and every evening I break my legs. He's just injured, injured, injured. Missed his rookie year, got injured in his debut during year two. So anyway, my solution, A, start Tristan, go big. Tristan plays five minutes, then go to Dean and Niang or whoever you want. Then when you bring Allen out, you'll bring Tristan back in. So he's getting a couple, maybe a five-minute stretch in the first, a five-minute stretch in the second, a five-minute stretch in the third, a five-minute stretch in the fourth. We're not asking you to play Tristan all day, JB, but that gives him five minutes of every quarter, half his time at power forward, half his time at center. Maybe he can't shoot jumpers anymore. Maybe that's just not in his game. Maybe that was only for that half season. But he's big, he can rebound, and he's tough. They need toughness on the court. They're lacking in that. So start Craig at the one. Maybe try Tristan. It's got to be Dean otherwise. You cannot start Niang. No disrespect. Like him as a shooter. He's had his moments. But come on, man. And lastly, JB Bickerstaff. What do they do? It was brought to my attention today. I was unaware of this news that Dave Yeager was hired a week into the season as the coaching consultant to JB. I don't know that you're going to take a coaching consultant that just came on and make him the head man during his when he's only been with the team for six weeks versus hiring an assistant that's generally around all offseason. Greg Buckner's been with JB since he was here. I think he might have even been a, a beeline hire. And then he stayed on as the associate head coach when they promoted JB. Luke Walton's been here for a couple of years. All comments that I received today and have seen across the board say, we don't want Luke Walton coaching. That's fine. 
He didn't cut it in L.A. He did not cut it in Sacramento. He was very good as an assistant with the Warriors when Steve Kerr had back problems. So was Mike Brown. That got Mike Brown this Warriors job. Uh, sorry, the Kings job. Coach of the year last season. One win away from the second round. Give him a lot of credit. They might have broken the Warriors, truthfully. Took everything they had to beat them. And then the second round against the Lakers, Golden State didn't have enough. Maybe not. Maybe that's a stupid statement. But give the Kings credit. Give them a lot of credit. I, I love watching. I wish they still had Delton Vadova, honestly, that, that maybe Delhi could still be on the Kings. But with that said, it could be Jaeger. It could be Walton. It could be Buckner. does not have head coaching experience. Dave Yeager has been the head man in Memphis before. Been the head man in Sacramento. But no one comes back from a Kings job right away. Mike Malone was the Kings coach. They fired him when they were almost 500 through 24 games. Look what he did in Denver. They won a title with Mike Malone. There's good coaches out there that did not get jobs in the past. Maybe a Nate McMillan. I don't know. Nate McMillan could be an outside option. Some people floated Doc Rivers as a possible candidate. I don't know how I feel about that one. There's other candidates, you know, as well. Uh, Mike Budenholzer. Some like him. Some hate him. Some revere him. Some think he's bad and he stinks. But everyone's got their opinions. I think at 13 and 12, that's where the Cavs are now. This is very different than last season. You're going to be without Garland and Mobley, but it doesn't matter. If you're a JB, you don't answer to the injury report. You answer to the team's record. Teams battle injuries. It sucks. It's the worst, but it's part of the game. And it's your job to take the players on your bench and find a way to outscore the other team over 48 minutes or if it goes overtime, 53, 58, 63, whatever. He didn't do that this week. It doesn't matter that they played Boston twice in Orlando. On paper, that's who they played. Those are maybe better teams. But in reality, it's his job to beat them as coach. He doesn't see it the way we see it as fans. A win-loss is different for a coach. That's their job security. And as I mentioned, these next five games for the Cavs, uh, for those just joining and for those listening live that missed the beginning, Hawks at home, they got four straight home games. Atlanta, Houston, Utah, New Orleans. It's a back-to-back with Utah and New Orleans. Then they head to Chicago next Saturday. They have three days off, and then they're at Dallas on the 27th. Finishing out the 2023 part of the calendar, they have but one other game against the Bucks. okay? So we've got seven games left on the calendar year. If the Cavs go any worse in this stretch than three and four, I think they have to make a change. It would stink happening before the trade deadline even comes up. That's not what I expected to happen this year. I thought they'd be much better. I thought the issues would happen in the playoffs, if anything, not the regular season, but here we are. Playoffs? Playoffs? You're talking about playoffs? Yeah, I am. And I, I, yeah, that's how I feel. Jim Mora, when he went on the playoff comment area, whatever, ran. So if you're not beating, at least 40% of these teams, you need a new coach, someone else to motivate, to pick the rotations. I don't like the rotations to begin with, and now you're even more shorthanded. So we talked about three things here today. Start Craig Porter Jr. at the point guard. Please. Please? Do I have to say it again? Please? At the four spot, try Tristan Thompson. If you don't want to do that, stick with Dean Wade. Try to get a Dante Exum type. There's players on teams not getting minutes. Maybe you could see if the Sixers would trade K.J. Martin. 
playing massive minutes on Houston. Good athletic player. Nice, what, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, frame. You could try him at the board. He can rebound. He can certainly rebound. He played next to Shane Goon the last couple seasons, as I mentioned. He's not getting any playing time in Philly. There's players out there that can help on the free agent market, on other teams. Maybe talk to the Nets. The Nets have an influx of wing players. I don't know that they would trade Dennis Smith or Lonnie Walker. Maybe it's worth a try because they both had very productive moments this season, but at full strength, who knows how much they can actually play in that system. You know, maybe there's there's plenty of teams that you can hit up. And no, Zach Levine for Darius Garland is a horrible idea. No, I don't know who put that out there, but no, get a, get another job if you're thinking that Levine for Garland is a trade that's worthwhile. That's my spiel. If the Cavs continue to stink, say goodbye to JB. If they can turn this around, I'll give him his credit, his props. Let's see how he works with the rotation. Can they get a big or a point guard or a serviceable player? There's plenty of options. Let's see what they do. But I wouldn't be opposed again. Isaiah Mobley might have to see some Sam Merrill minutes at point guard. Not sure what his facilitating ability is. We'll learn a lot as a collective Cavs fandom. But I'm Zach Weiss. This is Across the Cavs. And thank you all for being with me on this Friday evening. See you next week. Tony Pesta joins the show. We're previewing the Jazz. And a couple more very exciting guests will be joining the program in the coming days. But that's it. You can catch this. This will be on Apple, on Spotify, and on YouTube. Uh, Across the Cavs, Network 216. Get it everywhere. I'll be tweeting this again as an audio link soon. See you next week. Peace. Oh, we're not off. Hold on. Trying to trying to sign off. Trying to end the stream.